with another episode of Stick a Fork in It. And I am super excited that the one, the only, the OG for Stick a Fork in It, Matt Spence, is joining us today, but not as a host, <laughs> as a guest. He's got a lot to say, a lot to share. Dude, what's going on in your world literally today? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little rusty, so you're going to have to take it easy on me. <laughs> Feels like a little bit of a hot seat, but I'm good with that. I'm actually out in California right now with Thomas Mance, our esteemed leader, as uh, we work together with a bunch of other food banks uh, to help Feeding America build a national healthcare strategy. So timing is kind of perfect in that way, yeah. because this conversation is going to be fantastic. I'm really excited to sit with our friends from BayCare, who are so integrated into all of the things we do, catch you up on kind of the progress we've made over the years on that. And frankly, it's just good to be back with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, on today's episode, you know, there's there's a lot to learn about how food is medicine, you know, and how important it is for us to have these healthcare partnerships like we've had with Baycare for multiple years where, you know, they support us in everything from, you know, providing food directly to school pantries so that people can just pick it up directly with their children, bring food home to having healthcare professionals in the food bank, which is a completely kind of unprecedented idea that, um, you know, we, we talk with Matt and Lisa Bell from Baycare about how they come up with these brilliant ideas and how they just fit together so perfectly. You guys enjoy the amazing Lisa Bell, one vibrant, brilliant woman. Ev, oh my gosh, we have the OG in the house today. Right. Welcome back, Matt Spence. He's too busy for us, you know, building a new strategic plan, organizing programs, mm -hmm. working with amazing partners like what, who we have on our show today. Welcome back, Spence. It is good to be back with you guys. I, I'm a little afraid that the O and OG is because of the gray in the beard, but you no, know, it's okay. I get it. I'm, I'm getting a lot of that now, but it is really good to be back with you guys. Good to have you I back. disagree. I'm on that vein of, uh, and I, you know, I don't know. We'll introduce Lisa in a second. But for me, I think as gentlemen mature, they look better. They're more confident. Um, I'm a little jealous, but that's just my opinion. So I don't go there with you, Matt, at all. Yeah, and it's I not laziness, you, right? It's right. not laziness. It's not. It's a grooming choice, and it's not easy to keep up with that. So people need to have mad respect for the beard. Mm -hmm. So moving on from, from the beard, we are really excited to have a friend. Eb, you and I have been uh, working with Lisa really since the pandemic. I mean, we were really alongside each other in the beginning there. Lisa Bell from BayCare, welcome to Stick a Fork in It. Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. And I will tell you that I'm gonna go run to my husband and let him know that the gray thing is okay. It looks good. It looks the gray good. thing is a good thing, right? <laughs> and I have a, I have actually, uh, you know, the man of my house wears a beard as well, so I have to buy all the things. <laughs> You know, to get it all right. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Matt, really quick, tell us about what you're doing now because you're too busy for us. What's going on in your world as chief programs officer? I think it was really more, Shannon, that uh, Thomas was sick of seeing my face and hearing my voice on these podcasts and so <laughs> just started assigning me other stuff to keep me busy. But uh, no, we've spent the last year and a half really building out the strategic plan for the future of 
of feeding Tampa Bay. And so um, that has taken up quite a bit of time because it involves uh, a whole lot of reading and research. It involves talking to our neighbors. It involves talking to experts across a variety of different fields, talking to other food banks, uh, bringing together a bunch of our own team members in various groups to, to build out that planning process, working with our board. So I'm tired just saying all of that. Um, and, and on top of that, you know, I have the, the day-to-day stuff, uh, the three Trinity cafes and the uh, health and hunger stuff that we're going to dive into later. And uh, Fresh Force is back up and running. We have a new cohort going and it's awesome to see. And um, it's, it's really great to have, uh, a new class bringing that energy back to the warehouse. And then, you know, you may have heard or may have talked about this a little bit that we're working on a new home. And so uh, we spent a little bit of time thinking about how programs and, and the things that we do um, can really take the next step in the new facility. So that's that's just a little bit. And then, you know, coaching some soccer here and there and doing other, other fun things. Yes, plus you're an incredibly engaged uh dad of three boys so you balance so many things we miss you being here and absolutely we have this new facility our empowerment center or however we chant it's just not a building that's the point yeah. and um ev and i really uh, with thomas who you mentioned work on these great uh, building updates so we encourage you guys to go to feeding tampa bay social to check those updates out we have a lot of fun with them mm-hmm. i promise you you'll giggle a bit and uh it's a good thing lisa on to you, you know, Matt mentioned all these amazing things, but one thing that was just eye-opening to me a number of years ago is our healthcare partnerships and how pivotal they are and really how much BayCare invests in us and brings their heart and soul to it. So tell us about you and your role. Well, okay, so that's fabulous and that's very true. Um, I am the Director of Community Benefit for BayCare Health System. Um, we are the leading not-for-profit uh, organization in this region. Um, very proud to be um, leading work that is innovative, uh, strategic, working closely with um, Matt and Feeding Tampa Bay on some really innovative uh uh, programs that are gaining not only local attention, but state and national level attention as well. And BayCare is really committed to understanding, listening to the needs of our communities, understanding what they need, and bringing those services through collaboration uh, back to them. So we're extremely proud and very proud to lead our community benefit work um, uh, mainly because of the commitment that we make as a health system that is really unparalleled across the region in making sure that we're committing about a dollar of every 10 in revenue back to the community in the form of community benefit. And in 2022, that equated to nearly uh, a half a billion dollars uh, that went right back into uh, the communities that have us there, right? We're, we're extremely proud to be in all of these communities across the region. And in order to be good neighbors and good partners, we wanna make sure that we're responsive to need and giving back. Well, I know that we have watched for years um, through your partnership. And, you know, Matt, start us out a little bit on how these partnerships came together, our healthcare partnerships. What was the thought behind it? How how did we 
get where we are today? It actually really started with Feeding Tampa Bay observing some of the truly innovative community level work that BayCare was doing around the community health needs process. So BayCare brought in all of the other organizations in the Tampa Bay area who are required to do this work and said, if we're all going to be doing it, let's do it together. Let's really blow it out and do a big job of it. Let's get lots of really good feedback. And then BayCare made the really bright decision of saying, hey, if we want to get to people who we don't traditionally hear from in these kind of surveys, our partner who's on the ground in all of our communities, working with the folks who aren't usually heard every single day, that's Feeding Tampa Bay. And so they can help us get more and better information about what our community needs to thrive. And so that's really where the partnership started is through the community health needs assessment process. We participated across all the things that BayCare was doing and the, um, the amazing innovative work. And it's a three-year process. So now we've been through two of these together and we keep getting better at it and we keep learning more. And I think, you know, I don't want to speak for Lisa. She's here and can speak for herself. But the the fact that each one of our communities highlighted diet, nutrition, and exercise as a key, important action that needed to have a lot more attention really said, not only is Feeding Tampa Bay a great partner to get feedback, but they're a partner to do the work moving forward. That's amazing, Lisa. What comments on what Matt just said? Well, I'm I'm grateful, Matt. Um, I think you you shared the partnership in the beginning um, uh, really really well. We came in. I came to uh, feeding, or excuse me, to Baycare from Madison, Wisconsin, where we did everything together, right? And so I came down here, and the first thing that made sense to us was to get out and, and meet people and, and create those collaborations. And through the CHNA process, um, we were able to do that. And um, I sort of remember, Matt, a moment where we were in a lobby in a hotel in Orlando at a conference. Yes. And we, and we, you know, we had gone through the process, the first CHNA process. And I'm like, so we have this issue around food insecurity. What are we going to do? Wow. You know, and, and oh, yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. And I can I remember there was, a, there was like a fireplace behind me and whatever. And we, we had this sort of, you know, somewhat challenging conversation. Like, I don't know, what can we do and how can we do it? And we've got a huge problem. And really from there, so we knew the data, we had all the background and now we needed to really think, strategically about what are we going to, you know, what can we do together? And it, it made it, it, it wasn't simple by any means, right? It took a long time to build to where we are today. But when we committed then, and I still remember that commitment day in that lobby, it, from there we've moved forward and we haven't looked back and you know have there been bumps and you know and twists and turns absolutely i mean we ended up with a pandemic probably a year or so later but the fact is that the the, the two organizations said we're going to do this we're going to figure this out and we're going to and we're going to do it right and i think we've built that relationship along the way and are really doing it right and on my side, I remember that conversation was born out of some significant frustration for me, not to Lisa or Baycare, but 
because this was a healthcare conference and we were having all these conversations and it is so clearly understood and has been for a long time, the connection between healthy food and healthy individual. Mm-hmm. And, and yet over and over, we would talk to medical professionals who would not screen for food insecurity. And the reason they weren't screening was our fault. It wasn't the fault of the medical professionals. They did not feel like they had an adequate response Mm -hmm. because they didn't know enough about us. They didn't know how to engage with the food relief system. They didn't know the opportunities that might be there. And so we just stopped asking the questions. And to Baycare's credit, they were not willing to accept that as a stopping point. And so I'm, you know, jumping on my soapbox at a conference in a hotel lobby. And Lisa's like, I'm with you. Right. I'm in. Fix this. (laughs) So my favorite part of this, this early phase of our partnership is out of that conversation, I said, you know, don't you guys have a set of questions you ask, you know, in a conversation and then you put it into a medical record and it's there for all eternity. And I have six apps on my to just to deal with my doctor so i'm sure there's somewhere we can put it and lisa was like you're right we should meet about that and so i got excited and i went around feeding tampa bay and i thought i'm gonna bring everybody i can to this conversation so i grabbed pete from procurement to talk about what type what types of food we could bring and i brought in a couple other people i think we had four or five people and we march into the bay care headquarters and i'm thinking you know, oh, maybe I brought too many people to this meeting. And then I open up the doors to the room I'm supposed to meet in. And it's a conference center. And there's 45 people from Baycare. <laughs> so far more seriously than we did. That's <laughs> yeah. a sign of being all in. Yeah. All in. And that's the best way to describe it, Shannon, is that they were all in from day one. And they knew this was a really tough question. If it was an easy question, it wouldn't be frustrating because we'd have already done it. And so they committed, not just intellectually or extra resources or, you know, turning an existing community relationship into a deeper thing, the entire organization, there were BayCare plant managers in that room, there were nurses and there were IT people and there were leaders from the whole organization in that room. And we spent a long time tracing these two questions through a whole bunch of barriers and hoops and saying, okay, if it's asked here, what kind of technology do we need to make sure it's captured? And who's doing the asking? Do the patient self-report or does a nurse come out or can the person who does intake, can they do it? And then where does that answer go? Does it get flagged in the system over here? So it became this, you know, Rube Goldberg machine of 27 things falling in a series of dominoes and a, you know, a metal ball that drops a cup and all that stuff, but we got it done. (laughs) And now Baycare has food insecurity as a standard part of an intake process for all of their patients. And it's transformational because once you know the human being in front of you is hungry and doesn't have access to food to the food they need to live a healthy life, that's not something you can walk away from. Baycare's right. not built that way. Feeding Tampa Bay is not built that way. And so that really gave us the the impetus, the energy, the the frankly, the the moral responsibility 
to respond. And so that's enabled everything else we've done. And we've done a bunch of really cool things because Lisa's mm-hmm. super creative. I have 17 stupid ideas a day, two or three of them. <laughs> so we go together and start trying all this stuff. And we end up with a system that's been incredibly beneficial to BayCare's patients, to feeding Tampa Bay's neighbors, to the folks in our community who need us most, both on the healthcare side and on the food side. So Lisa, from that initial conversation, that meeting around the table with the five FDB folks and the 100 BayCare folks, (laughs) um, what was the first initiative you guys planned that was boots on the ground? What was the first thing that we did together? So that's our healing bag project. That is really what Matt is just talking about. So we knew, and and Matt, we, we have this conversation a lot about that first meeting and, and, but, you know, really changing the way a health system as big as BayCare does work required me to have as many people in the room who could potentially yes. be impacted by this to buy in, right? Yes. So, um, now, though, right, so we stayed the course. And we knew one other thing that I think is really super important. We can ask the question. We can make, require team members, our clinical team members to ask the question, but they're not going to do it if we don't have a solution. Right. Right. And so we built, not only were we asking, looking at the getting the questions and the workflow together to ask the questions, we were looking at the solution on the back end. And that's where Kelly Brickfield and Matt and that whole team came together on building our healing bag program and, you know, designing healing bags, getting them. How are we going to deliver them? What were we going to do with them? How are they going to get from feeding Tampa Bay's warehouse to our patient? Another very large meeting um, ensued around that. But And, and the one that I think Lisa says a whole lot about BayCare's commitment, because we started going through all the permutations and machinations and all the things that we would have to do on our end to get the right food to 16 Bay Care hospitals across four counties, plus ER departments and all this other stuff. And and frankly, it made our ops team's head explode, right? Because that's a really convoluted, challenging process. Mm-hmm. And delivering to a hospital is not like delivering to a church where there's one entrance and the food goes one place and you can do it anytime because all you need is a key and the one person who's always there. It's yeah. not like that at all yeah. in the hospital. And so as we, you know, as we started doing, you know, multivariate calculus to try to figure it out, daycare's team stepped up and they said, you know what, we're already doing deliveries to all of our physical spaces. We're already committed to making sure that inventory is right on a million different products, you know, from syringes to gloves to, you know, bed pads, whatever it is, they're doing deliveries every day to all their places. And they said, if we can just figure out how to communicate well about where the need is and where the usage is and the the timing of everything, Baycare said to us, why don't you just send it to our integrated services center, our central processing facility? So now Feeding Tampa Bay just saved a, a ridiculous amount of money on transportation, on uh, you know, all of the complex logistics of going across the entire community. And we tagged on to what BayCare already does incredibly well. They have 30,000 really smart employees. And so we just tapped into a couple of them 
and we said, you're already doing this. Yes, we will absolutely make sure that we can get the food into your flow. We'll take care of purchasing. We'll take care of making sure it's the right food. We'll take care of, you know, bagging it up with our volunteers. Half the time it's daycare volunteers who come and do the bagging themselves, you know, and we'll do all of the things that we know how to do. And you take the part you know how to do. And the entire community is better. That's what partnerships should look like. And it was really, really great to hear BayCare respond that way and contribute everything they had. Well, and I want to talk about other programs, too. But I I have to tell you that uh, we did a tour for FEMA. Um, We just went through, you know, a hurricane scare. Some of Florida was really damaged terribly. But um, we're touring them, and there happens to be a huge box full of the healing bags. Mm -hmm. And he saw the branding on the outside, which these bags are very specific. Um, They're very thoughtfully packed on how to help and introduce folks to you get this bag, but there are also opportunities to keep this healthy lifestyle going. Mm -hmm. They were blown away that we partnered, had a healthcare partner that we did this with throughout our region. They were just like, we've never seen this before. So I just wanted to tell you both the reactions and the stories from me as a public relations person, anytime I come across those in the warehouse, I like to share that story of what we do together to make sure, give people who are are struggling with um, diabetes or blood pressure or any of these things that we can make them better. And Lisa, you guys have data to support the success of that, right? We do, and and I just in, in the data in the in the data realm, um, I would really be remiss if I didn't let everyone know who's listening here that right now our healing bag project has delivered over sixteen thousand healing bags. Wow! To patients in need, sixteen thousand, and we are the only health system in the region that's asking every single patient, inpatient and ED patient, about food insecurity, and then doing something about it. So yes, with that, and you know, these are significant investments, right, mm-hmm. from our end. And so in order for us to really um, be impactful, we need the data, right? So mm-hmm. we are a very data-driven organization. Um, and so we're looking at right now data um, and doing some initial early evaluation on our healing bag recipients and what do they what do they look like if you will right where you know what other disease burden might they be having what other social determinant struggles are they also having you know because we're be we're able to capture all of that but then to look we're really getting now into biometrics and readmission rates those things that are important to health systems and and to feeding Tampa Bay. You know, if we can say we're doing this and we're looking at, you know, from a health system perspective and we're even in a the smallest, mildest way reducing readmissions and improving health outcomes, it it it's gold, right? I mean that's that's the end that's the the pot at the end of the rainbow for me, uh personally as as a data driven kind of person who doesn't doesn't want to see us because I've seen nationally for many, many years, we throw a bunch of money at something and expect it to fix itself. And then it doesn't. And we walk away. That's not how we approach our relationships and certainly not how we are looking at food insecurity. We're in for the long haul. We are alongside Feeding Tampa Bay 
in mitigating the impact of hunger on health long term. And we want to be able to see that change, right? It's really early, though. 15,000 sounds like a lot. But when you start looking at pulling that data apart, it's not it. It's a lot. But from a data perspective, we need more. Um, So we're looking at that um, and GIS mapping and looking at, you know, all sorts of things, a a lot around disease burden and how what that looks like and other interventions that we can layer on top of of our healing bag project. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry, I just want to add one point because I think what Lisa said at the very end there is really important is layering on more response, right? Because BayCare does not want to be a sickness management care organization. We want to be a health care organization and we want our community to be healthy. And so this is the first step in a lot of the other things that we can do together to mm-hmm. keep people healthy, to keep people out of their emergency department, to keep those healthcare debt and cost burdens off of the people that we serve so they can you know, move their life forward meaningfully in other ways. Mm-hmm. So Lisa, you said something that put, put um, a thought in my mind. All good things need nurturing. You can't just put things out in the universe and be like, this is a great idea, bam. Mm-hmm. So with that, it made me think about another project that we work on together, uh, which this is a lot of boots on the ground where we've been together is supporting our Feeding Mind School Pantry program. And um, I remember during the pandemic when they were doing back to school and we were out in Polk County, you know, making sure folks started their school year, not even in their pantries, but for Polk County, we were distributing food pretty much to the masses. Um, and that's something that you underwrite a number of those. Tell us a little about about how you guys got involved. Our Feeding um, Mind School Pantry program already existed, but your guys' investment has really taken us to the le- next level of being able to care for those children and their families. Yeah, um, I'm so proud of that work. Um, oh. You guys, how can you not that. <laughs> and, and, you know, I raise, I, I think a little bit of it comes from my own history. I raised my children as a single parent. I understand. I see it. And if you can bring um, food to a place where a child is all the time and the parents are all the time, it it's perfection for us. So it was not a hard shift for us to say, let's look at school-based food pantries and when we initially, I think we initially came in and supported 18 and mm-hmm. almost immediately, like, we need to do more. I mean, we just need to do more. So I think we have 42 now and we're probably not done. I, you know, we're what we're doing now is sitting really on those 42 and seeing, as we mentioned just a little bit ago, layering on. So we're looking at ways that we can leverage having access to students and their families to bring in other supportive prevention-based services, whether it's flu shots or um, health education and screenings. And, you know, we have a pretty broad team of community-based educators who we're really looking to find ways to to integrate with that school-based pantry but there is literally nothing in my in my head there is literally nothing better than a 
than a pantry at a school where kids are who are in need and educators, if they need something, if they've got a kid in, that's hungry, they can do something about it. It's, in the moment. In the moment. And again, yeah. it's not, I mean, you, you know, I'd love not to have to do that, right? I mean, but for decades and decades and decades, you all know this, we've had hungry children, hungry seniors. And now what we're seeing is we have hungry everybody in between. And the school-based pantry at least is an option to reach children and families and support staff at the schools who may need a little bit more and then the neighborhoods. So it's, it's perfection. I love that project. So if it's your first time listening to us, let me just describe a school pantry really, really quickly. It is really a grocery store that lives within the school. Um, it is managed by the school and their volunteers. Feeding Tampa Bay makes sure we deliver very thoughtful groceries so those folks can go in and create meals, everything from shelf-stable to frozen to fresh produce. And BayCare helps underwrite that experience. And from Evan and I both being boots on the ground with um, reporting on that, sharing those stories, the synergy between the families and the school have even improved. Yeah. They have those families that not only are they serving their kids, but they're trying to take care of them and help them grow, learn, and play. So those relationships have even gotten better. So this, all of this together is just a wonderful thing for those families that before would go without. And how can you grow, learn, and play without those foods being those foods and those partnerships and friendships and know that you're cared for being a part of your life. So Moving on to the next project, we've got quite a few going here. Matt, there was an innovative uh, food bank-wide uh, launch of a program um, within our walls that has really changed the way we approach things, boots on the ground. Tell us about that. Absolutely. I, I love that when you walk through the Feeding Tampa Bay Warehouse, you know, you pass our volunteer area and there's a raised scoreboard and you pass our uh, volunteer like preparation side rest area break room and you see Tico everywhere. And then you see our public's community market and you know all of these organizations have invested in us, but we're the only food bank in the country that has a health system that has put their name and their employees and their time inside our facility. They yep. care community health nurses are in our facility when guests are shopping, when we have people who might need a, a light touch to help them engage with the healthcare system. We have a Higgy machine there where you can check your blood pressure. And I sit very lightly on the uh, <laughs> because it also checks your weight and your body mass for you. Um, among other things, but it is also integrated in. So you can send that information right to your doctor. You can get connected within the entirety of the healthcare network from this facility that we built inside a food warehouse. It's yeah. incredible. And nobody else is doing it. And it's also given us the courage to say, in our new space, we're going to go even farther. We're going to build patient rooms. We're going to be able to do uh, you know, back to school physicals. We're going to be able to do shock clinics. We're going to be able to do all sorts of amazing things. And we wouldn't have the courage to say that and to know it will work without having done this in the last couple of years, having our Baycare uh, Nutrition Center in 
our facility, having BayCare employees, not just there to volunteer, which they do, not just there to donate, which they do, but to be there doing their work, meeting the community where the community shows up. It's it's an incredible partnership and, and I love it. Well, and I think it's amazing because you walk in our building and we say food is medicine. It visually validates when you look and there's this huge BayCare sign. And the Higgy machine, even at, like in our restaurants, we have the Higgy machines as well. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I know of two stories where lives were changed because the nurse was on staff while our seniors were shopping. One of our seniors was under the weather. He wasn't watching his health like he should. He didn't have the proper connections to health care. He went in and saw one of those nurses and he left immediately from our warehouse to have his health needs taken care of. What would have happened if we weren't there is my question. Another one is our one of our employees was feeling terrible. He didn't know he was feeling terrible. He was sweating profusely. Same thing happened. He was encouraged to go to the Higgy machine, went, ended up going straight to seek medical help, and then found out he had something organically going on with him that he could manage, but he didn't know what it was. So for me, how this makes me feel is we're taking care of everything. Lisa, I want to know when you talk about this, this, um, this area, when the nurses come in and folks are scheduled... How does that make you feel? Oh, um, we love it. I, you know, our teams literally love it. Um, yeah. they, they, I mean, that's what they do, right? Our teams on the ground, our faith community nursing teams, our community health teams, th- that's just their sweet spot. So to be able to be there when, for example, your seniors are shopping at the Publix market and connect on, on a variety of things, mm-hmm. like, we hope we don't find anything. I mean, they don't, right. they, but the idea that they can connect a senior who may not know that they may be eligible for health insurance benefits or something, you know, some other, some other resource that they can, that they can access once they leave. Um, that's what that team does really, really well too. So, you know, not only are they, clinic clinicians in a sense, but they're also resource managers and just, and, and another voice, another shoulder, you know, another ear to listen to. If you have some things that are going on that you don't know where to turn to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I know they love it. I literally, I mean, I, I love the health center. I, I look forward to expansion in the new place and seeing what we can continue to do together again. Uh, I think it's a theme a little bit, Matt, we're, we're layering on, right? I mean, so we have to start, you have to begin to think about what, what works and then, and then launch from there. And I think that's what we're doing with the Health Education Center. We're going to find out right now if Thomas actually listens to these all the way through, because what I'm about to say is going to make him very, very happy. <laughs> it's a crawl, walk, run process, mm-hmm. Right. We have figured out where we can crawl, where we can get started, build up our muscles so that we can stand up and walk. And then eventually we're going to be running forward mm-hmm. on our, all of these healthcare strategies. Yeah, I agree, Matt. I think we both, and that's probably why we've done so well and not primarily, but it's why we've done so well because we're both really complex, large organizations mm-hmm. and we don't move on a dime. Right. And we don't we don't react. Um, You know, we're a lot more thoughtful and measured. Um, And it's good to it's good to work with another organization that that is in that crawl, 
walk, run phase alongside us because otherwise it can get super frustrating, right? You're like, no, we're ready. We're ready. And, and you, you kind of need to be in lockstep. And I think that's the beauty of, of this healthcare partnership is, is that we're truly in lockstep and, and, and exceptionally respectful of the process on both sides. Well, I think even outside of the partnership, that's a life lesson, right? Yeah. Right. Approach all things thoughtfully, that crawl, walk, run, and you end out on the other end, either with huge success or pathways to get there, right? So it's about us as being big companies, but smaller individuals, you mm-hmm. know, that's a great lesson for us to learn. Um, moving on to the next amazing program, future program, um, I know little about this, so you guys will be enlightening us as well. You know, Matt came up with this term, exit velocity underneath our roof. And really what that means is all the things that happen to build stability for an individual or a family. And we have a number of programs that do that and BayCare is involved. But Matt, there's a new program that they're coming in with us that we're super proud of having them there, but the program as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think, you know, the important thing with exit velocity is we started asking ourselves a question, are the activities that we're doing, are the the ways we're serving our community creating dependence or independence? Are they helping people move forward in life and move to a different, better place? Or are they inviting them to come back again and again because we're not doing enough to break through and create that exit velocity? And so, Without question, the thing that provides the most exit velocity for folks who engage with it is Fresh Force, our job training program. And we've been doing it now for for nine cohorts. We've thrown a couple of extra barista cohorts in there in between. And what I think, you know, we've talked about it many times on, on this podcast, so I won't go way deep on it. But what we know works, why this program works is not anything special about feeding Tampa Bay in particular, or even the hard skills that we've chosen to help people build. It's that we identify that number one, there is a huge group of untapped potential and non-traditional recruitment of folks who are ready to work, who wanna transform their lives, who just need a little boost to help them dissolve the barriers in front of them. And so we get to work at dissolving those barriers by identifying those folks who aren't getting tapped by traditional workforce development, who a computer and an Indeed job search aren't going to solve the problem. And we say, we're going to wrap you in all the support services you need while we're training you and giving you industry standard credentials and hard skills that translate directly into really good employment. And, oh, by the way, we're going to pay you all the way through this. And we're listening to our employers who are telling us the hard skills are necessary, but they're not sufficient. What makes somebody successful in any organization, in particular our two organizations and all the other people who employ Fresh Force graduates, are those employability soft skills. Can you show up on time? Can you interact successfully with your colleagues throughout a stressful moment? Do you know how to manage conflict? Do you know how to handle life 
outside of work so that when you're on the clock, you're doing a great job and you're focused and you're successful and you're moving our organization forward and you're moving your family forward. And so we've taken all of those pieces and we applied them in the beginning to the things we knew, right? Truck driving, culinary, warehouse and logistics. I know a little bit about barista as a consumer anyway, Um, (laughs) but now we're starting to think creatively with great partners like Baycare because Baycare is the most important employer in Tampa Bay. And they employ all sorts of people. They employ chefs. They employ truck drivers. They employ, of course, physicians and nurses and executives on the finance side and all of those things. But what we know about Baycare ties in with this exit velocity. Because what we don't want for our Fresh Force graduates is to get them a job that keeps them in this Alice population, in this kind of constantly weaving in and out of food insecurity and just barely making it and some months not making it and having to figure it out, Baycare invests in their colleagues. There are career pathways within the organization that once we just tee somebody up, Baycare is going to take care of the rest, right? They can take a patient care tech and turn them in to an RN and they do it all the time. And so if we can help identify those folks who are ready for that journey and then give them those soft skills, some of it trained by Baycare experts, frankly, then we put that together. Baycare now has an additional resource for hiring and a trustworthy partner saying this person's ready. This -hmm. person is going to be a good colleague. And we can point to any number of colleagues that you guys have talked to that will say, Yes, we know these graduates will be super. <laughs> and then we hand them off to Baycare, and there's your exit velocity. So, Lisa, tell me about from a Baycare lens, you know, why take the step towards Fresh Force and what do you see happening there? Yeah, so um, I think Fresh Force is, is innovative and, and, and strategic and a great way for us to continue to evolve in our relationship. Um, we obviously are a large health system um, that have a lot of um, opportunities for employment, right? I mean, and we we know that our warehousing um, and actually, Matt, the the new cohort is going to go tour the the warehouse um, in a couple of weeks. Um, and we just put these crazy, like state of the art robots in there. Um, I think they're going to love seeing that. But um, uh, I, you know, for us, it's a strategy, to be honest, to that we're, where we can support the work that you all are doing and potentially fill opportunities within Baycare, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it makes good sense for us. I mean, I think every health system, every business across this region, frankly, has seen a struggle since the pandemic in filling um, open positions. We're no different. Um, everyone from, you know, our environmental services through our clinicians. I mean, there, there's it's a struggle right now. So being able to support and, and 
you know, we're a community-based hospital, right? It, it makes sense for us to continue to support those community members who need a little, who need feeding Tampa Bay support to be, you know, to start over potentially in many cases and get out and, and get great jobs and work for, you know, organizations like BayCare. And as Matt mentioned, really flourish once you're, you know, once you're into BayCare, your, your opportunities for long-term employment and, and um, upward mobility are limitless. I mean, they're, they're simply limitless. So is there anything, you know, we've talked about the great programs that we work together on and the amazing synergy and the incredible outcomes, the measurable outcomes that we will continue to follow through with, you know, before I get to that last thing, which is that big building on Causeway Boulevard, is there anything that I've missed? I think we could oh. talk about all sorts of different stuff, but I think we've covered the major one. Like the major, the major. Yeah. So Lisa, I want to go from, you know, from a Feeding Tampa Bay perspective, you know, we're super excited. We know what's going on in that building uh, that is opening in spring of 2024 and the impact it will make. From a BayCare perspective, tell us about your thoughts going into that big building and the opportunities that it will open for folks. Uh, I am... Um... So I, I tend to do a little bit like Matt, like I'll have 13 really great ideas and three will pan, but that happens every single day. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm very excited to continue to expand on our partnership, expand in that new space. We'll have the Health Education Center there. Look at other strategies, uh, other ways that we can continue to innovate when you have a larger capacity, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, that's, it was a barrier, for example, Matt, when we started to talk about medically tailored meals and how are we going to do that? And that's something that I'm not, and I know Kelly Brickfield, we're not settled yet, right? We want to, we want to try and, and really move on, on a medically tailored meal program. Um, so there's an opportunity there and, and to continue to watch you all grow. I, you know, and again, being locked up, I think it's very exciting. There's, there's, opportunity around every single corner for us Un and and might i say dot 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 unfortunately i mean there's a, there's a bit of you know hunger is hunger right and and i think we can all wish it wish it weren't the same wish it weren't that way right but the fact is that it is here and i don't i don't see us changing too much course just yet um, but working as healthcare partners, we know food is medicine, working with you all, um, we're here to support your expansion and see where we can go from there. So we're very excited um, to have you literally shoulder to shoulder with us in our work and what we do. And Lisa, I thank you so much for taking your time today so we can really help people understand and support that food is medicine and being thoughtfully taken care of is happening right here in our Tampa Bay region. Um, with amazing partners. So Evan, I usually close the show out with an interesting um, idea of gathering around a table because there's a, there's one thing we all have in common, right? That's food, the need for healthy food. What's more than one thing? And those conversations that happen and the beauty that happens around a table, right? So we're going to pivot a little bit with this group. We are all sitting around a table. 
who will we bring and what are we bringing to the table for the meal? So I'm going to set the tone and I'm going to start. My dad was a hospital chaplain. It took me a long time to figure out well, how I got into nonprofit for 20 years. I don't know what made me so dense about that, but his influence is really why I do what I do today. So I'm inviting him to join us at the table. And then to be honest, I make the best citrus roasted chicken oh. that people rave about. So I'm bringing the protein to the table and I'm telling you, it is delicious. In fact, now that I'm saying it, I need to make it this weekend. <laughs> Lisa, who are you bringing to the table and what's your covered dish? Oh boy. Um, so I am going to bring my best friend, Kim, uh, to the table because she is the picture of perseverance and persistence um, and she's crazy funny. Um, I, and she, she knows she knows no stranger. Uh, and she would be a great uh, conversationalist for all of us. Um, and she'd keep us laughing. And I think we would all learn a little bit um, from her struggles um, uh, and how to to be grateful that you're here and able to move and and all of those good things. So. Um, if you're bringing roasted chicken, um, I will probably um, bring the same sort of roasted, but um, I love pan roasted vegetables, fresh vegetables um, with a balsamic glaze and fresh feta. Oh, yeah. That's my thing. Okay. Okay. We're going to save Matt for last. Ev, what are you, you bringing? <laughs> So I, mine's probably a little left field. Uh, this isn't somebody I know, but I think we'd have a pretty cool conversation with, uh, there's this writer slash anthropologist I really like named David Graeber. And mm -hmm. uh, he talks a lot about like, you know, just like how society got to where it is and, you know, like the history of like just culture and stuff like that. And, and that ties into like modern health and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, I think he, that would be a really interesting person to have along. Um, and uh, for a dish, um, I actually one time made, <laughs> my mom makes a really good green bean casserole for Thanksgiving and I tried it once and it actually came out pretty well. So if maybe I could do that again, <laughs> maybe I could pull off that miracle twice. <laughs> Yum. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little shocked and surprised on your answer, Ev. I I'm, I'm completely impressed and you need to make that for me. <laughs> I am so in. Okay, Matt, so thankful to have you back on the show today. We've enjoyed your expertise. We appreciate all the time and energy you put into just mammoth amounts of things at Feeding Tampa Bay. Who you bring in? What's your side dish? All right. So I'm definitely not bringing Thomas and his plain hamburgers. <laughs> ruled that out right away. Uh, I thought it would be cheating to bring Chef Daniel because that's just unfair. Although, wonderful conversation. Oh, yeah. Food. Um, I just felt like that was cheating. So I'm going to bring a second chicken dish that complements yours, Shannon. Okay. And the guy who's going to bring it is my wife's grandfather. His name is Grandpa Ron. And he is a retired chief master sergeant of the Air Force. He's my youngest son's hero. He's an amazing, amazing, wonderful human being. He's from Wisconsin. So Lisa and Grandpa Ron can talk about cheese curds. Yeah. You know, right. We'll have an awesome time together. 
And Grandpa Ron's just an awesome guy. So I'm going to bring Grandpa Ron. Well, it sounds like it would be amazing conversation, delicious food, you know, something that we all need every day to be successful. Um, and oh, I didn't name the actual dish, though. Yeah, right. Oh. Oh. oh, what's That's the dish? Fault. Sorry, I got caught up in the Grandpa Ron story. Uh, Grandma Judy, Grandpa Ron's wife, makes, and now my wife makes an even better version, which I can say because Grandma Judy has passed along. Um, it's called chicken enchilada casserole. Oh. And because they're from New Mexico, it has green chilies in it. Ooh. And it is unbelievably good. That's... For my birthday, that's the dinner I asked. <laughs> okay. Anytime. So yeah. an email with that recipe. Yeah. I <laughs> even, you know where I went to with that, like right away? Is yeah. you throw it the first time, but dang, isn't it better the second? <laughs> like when you warm it up the next day, like those kind of dishes that are like, whoo. It absolutely is. Day. Yep. And and it gets a little hotter the next day because the chili has had time. Exactly. Oh, a little yeah. flavor. Yeah. Well, you guys, that would be an amazing table. Yes, it would. Um, I think the conversations would be rich. That's what's important to us, along with those healthy foods, the fresh foods that we would be making. Um, and we want to encourage everyone who's listening to us to build a table of your own, have everybody bring something and enjoy everyone's favorites. But today I want to thank Lisa Bell from Baycare for joining us. Uh, we just appreciate and love you guys all so much. Love working with all of you. For me, it's Lisa Rasler. <laughs> if a woman could get something done that's the one yes, um, right. and matt of course of all you do thank you for taking the break i know the listeners are going to be thrilled to hear you with us once again that's another episode of stick a fork in it folks can't wait to talk to you again you can learn more about feeding tampa bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org you can also follow us on facebook instagram twitter linkedin youtube and tiktok at Beating Tampa Bay.